Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs all whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. This year, I have been introduced to the most amazing, inspiring and fabulous people. People who have given me totally different perspectives in life. And my guest this week has had a huge impact on me and my family. Having been through quite a turbulent time in the last few years, kept for the most part safely tucked away in a drawer labelled not to talk about, when I first started chatting to my next guest, it was all supposed to be about my business and another book I was writing. I think the first time we spoke, she clearly saw something flitting across my face and she literally stopped in her tracks and asked me some very pertinent questions. Questions I hadn't prepared for and I remember sitting crying, not having any tissues to hand and the tears were literally dripping off my nose. She got me opening up that drawer, pulling everything out and sorting through it, which in turn has made me reevaluate many, many things. Susie Pearl, author, coach, friend, it is my utter pleasure to be talking to you today. Okay, Bonnie. Marvellous. <laughs> We're all sorted. We've got our cups of tea. <laughs> Indeed, we have. Yeah, yours looks bigger than mine, I have to say. I, I, I don't like a small cup of tea, Bonnie. I, I'm a tea girl. I love I love a big cup and I can't work until I have a cup of tea. I can't do my writing. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It just kind of sets us, sets us straight. I'm so, 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 so pleased that you are chatting to me today because, well, I, I want to talk about you, but I just want to sort of set the scene a little bit because you have... And I've got to be careful that I don't cry because I tend to cry in our sessions. <laughs> you, you Another have this... good cry. Good cry is good for us all, Bonnie. Oh, do you have this brilliant, brilliant way of just being able to make me cry. But you have made such a massive difference to uh, my personal and my business life this last, well, over 2021. You know, and it, it's just been fantastic. And I, I mean, I only, I was introduced to you to help me with a book that I was wanting to write. That's um, funny. Yeah, and I remember the first um, the first session we had, we kind of talked about the book, and then I think the second session we had, we were talking about something else, and and you just went, hang on a second, can we just backtrack a little bit? I saw this sort of fleeting eye rolling thing <laughs> that you were doing, and then you just went, whoom, and you started saying, right, let's talk about this, and I remember, oh my god, honestly, I was so embarrassed. I was sitting there, I had no handkerchiefs or tissues or anything around me. I was crying and crying and crying. I had tears rolling down my, and this is disgusting, but I had like snot rolling all down my face. I had nothing to clean myself up with. And you just brought all of these emotions and everything out that I'd, you know, I'd been squashing down for an awful long time. 
and you're absolutely brilliant at that but you have you are multifaceted and you have all of these amazing things that you do and you have your your own absolutely incredible story as well and I just wanted to sort of I just wanted to talk about you and all of the amazing things that you do and your and your just your fabulousness oh great I love talking about these sort of things well thank you Bonnie yeah I mean I've been a coach for a long time and people normally do cry when they talk to me because we talk we we, we get right in there we get right into what's going on in people's lives and I love that and I'm very privileged to be in those private intimate moments with people where they can really share their stuff and get it out all too often we live life without getting the real stuff out you know we, we we push stuff down I've spent 25 years studying humanness and emotions and training how to change and create transformation in people's lives uh, I was lucky enough to When I was working at MTV, I met Paul McKenna, the hypnotist, and he and I got on very well. And he said, you know, you should come to some of my seminars. So I said, yeah, that sounds nice. So I went along to one and it was an NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Seminar, which teaches you really how to use your language, your neurology in in your brain. What's the other one? Programming, how we're programmed for certain things. And it can unwrap this beautifully and we've all got stuff that we've suppressed and pushed down it's not good for us to do that it's good to let it face it and let it out but we can't always do that if it's just us with us you versus you it's not easy to do it because it takes a little bit of digging and that's what I learned to do was how to really ask the right questions and really study people you know I study behavior Eye movements, particularly, you, you mentioned that, you know, when someone, you, you can see when you're talking to someone, unless they're a very good actor or actress, how they react deeply to things that you say to them. We are all experts in understanding human language, human conversation and a human reaction to things. We can tell if we've upset someone. We can tell if someone's really joyful. We can usually tell if someone's lying to us. So all of these things, we're, we're studying the micro of, of human behavior and language. And that's what I train to do as a coach. And, and, and so that's why if you and I were having a normal chat, I can jump on something and go, hey, Bonnie, did you, is that really how you feel about that or something like that? And, and then we can begin to get to the really interesting bits. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I know all too, too true that, that that's right. Um, you know, and it, and it is, it's fantastic to have somebody that you're working with that does recognize even over zoom I mean we we, you know you're in Ibiza aren't you I am yeah Yeah. and I've done coaching online for 20 years I was really ahead of the game I was doing it on Skype for years and years and years and people always go I want to see you personally I lived in London at the time so it's often easy to see people personally but I get a better result on screens actually because there's nothing to distract us we're with each other there's no you can't just run off and go and do something else or say hi to someone you are there and that's the best place to coach from when you have someone 100% with you mm. yeah oh it's honestly coaching is just um it's the most amazing thing and and people it, it's funny I was talking to somebody else who was sort of um he he happened to be given some life coaching mm-hmm. 
and was was all sort of very poo-pooing it and you know everything like this until he actually had it and it completely transformed his life and he was like you know I thought it was this some weird you know oh gosh this is what we should be doing and you know and then he was like it totally transformed his life and made him into the person he is today Mm. it's so powerful it's really powerful and you know I think everyone needs a coach um everyone has a coach uh, Tony Robbins, who supposedly, I mean, I know he's, he's uh, stuff has come out about him, but he's an amazing performance coach. He has a coach. You know, I know who his coach is. I know actually the guy who trained me trained t- Tony Robbins. We all need a coach and we don't even know what we don't know. We don't know what we need to fix. And, and that's why having coaching at any level, it could be on a personal level. Good coaching covers all aspects of life. It covers work, life, health emotions relationships all bits because being a human is complex we're not just the identity oh I'm a painter or I'm an artist or I'm a writer or I'm a nurse that yeah that's a good sort of definition at some level but it's not who we are who we are is is complex I've been coached by Michael Neal my friend in America who I met through Paul it's Paul McKenna's coach I've had various coaches along the way and I when you have a good coach, you never come away thinking, ah, oh, what a waste of time that was. You come away, wow, you know, I feel completely different. I've got this off my chest. I realized about this. I didn't even know I was doing or had this problem. And, and it's very solutions orientated. It's very practical. You, know, you give people tools where they can actually improve things in their life. And we only get one life. <laughs> so we might as well do it well. We did. We do. We do. And I know you've you've you know, you're I think you're writing a book about this and I know you talk about this, uh, you know, an an awful lot. But you know only too well that you only have one life. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I am. I'm writing a new book at the moment. It's called I Lost My Mind. And it's a story of when three years ago I started behaving a little more oddly, even than I normally do. And I kept forgetting things. I was meeting a friend in a cafe local to my house and I was an hour late which is not usual I'm on t- I'm an on-time person she said whoa she said, you've been very strange lately have did you forget we were meeting or did you go shopping I said, I said no I couldn't remember the way and I couldn't remember how to get here she went that is very strange she's a Serbian woman who takes no shit from anyone she said I'm taking you to the hospital right now and I went no anyway she did and she saved my life because what happened I went to the hospital and I found I had a humongous brain tumor and they said okay girl you've got three weeks so get your family here now don't wait wait a week and write a will and get your affairs in order so I was given three weeks but I knew Bonnie deep down that I wasn't going to go it wasn't my time and some people thought I was just deluded and and oh how sweet she thinks she's going to be okay she's not I knew we would and I and my son also knew that so I, I started on a, I pulled out every tool in the toolbox I knew from my own kind of um, coaching and so on. And I did a lot of meditation, prayer, visualization, CBD oil. I did all sorts of things, hypnosis. And uh, anyway, to cut a, a, oh, I had the most important thing was I had a near-death experience, which happens uh, when you have a trauma in your life and you leave your body for a period of time and then you come back into your body. So you're kind of dead for a period of time. And I was, and I came back in. And when I came back in, 
the most extraordinary thing happened. I came back in a different person, a different operating software, a different perspective on life, a different understanding. It's like I'd been hanging out with the angels and I came back uh, and I saw, I, I see the world differently now in a, in a very beautiful way. And I, I know that compassion, kindness, love, respect, all of these things are hugely important to be as a human being. I also believe that anything is possible, really. We have this infinite consciousness, infinite capacity. So at the time I was writing, I'd been commissioned to write a book on creativity called The Art of Creativity. Once I was ill and I went through this treatment, I was in hospital for weeks. So I asked my brothers to bring in my laptop, which they did. And I just started to write and I got given this book. I kind of arrived and wrote me in a way. And I wrote this book on seven habits. Um, I can't even remember. Seven powerful habits to unblock your full potential. The art of creativity. Uh, yeah, I wrote this book based on really more information that I'd seen when I left my body. That's my, honestly, I'm, I'm sitting here just speechless because, you know, <laughs> and I know some people. I know some people kind of don't don't understand this. They they don't get it. Yes. But I, yes. I I honestly truly believe. And I think you have to have that. You do have to have that belief system. And it's and it's not about, you know, uh, medical treatments don't work and all of this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely this this deeper sense of, I, I don't know, whatever it is. It, it's just, it's a real fascinating area, isn't it? I mean, it can't, human beings, we're so magical and complex. And you think we go, I was thinking this morning, you know, gosh, I was asleep for nine hours last night. What happened? I zoomed off. And left, left myself resting in my bed somehow. And, and what happens? What happens when we sleep? You know, how amazing is that? Just simple things that we do every day. How our body breathes us every moment. We're breathing. And our body is doing trillions of processes without us even thinking about it. And we're just one little human dot on this big planet Earth with all these plants, all these creatures, all these dogs, all these cats, all these animals, all these beautiful things going on, all growing and being magnificent they can't this isn't for me it's not random you know there is a there is a design behind this and I'm always very respectful of that design whatever it is and I don't think we're meant to even know how it all works because how could we you know our little brains I'm not sure we can cope with that kind of information but uh, it's a very interesting thing and it's interesting that my, my situation now combined all the things I learned earlier on about mind technology, about meditation. I'm big on meditation. I've worked with the David Lynch Foundation for many years, probably about 15 years now. And that teaches TM meditation to people around the world. And it's taught to, for example, servicemen who've been in service, that's men and women who've been in the wars, people in abusive situations, all sorts of things it's used for to help get people better after trauma, shock, all of these kind of things. So meditation has been a big foundation stone in my life for many years. And it certainly helped me through when I was told, you know, I didn't have long to live. When you're told you only have a few weeks to live, the mind sharpens and you think, holy moly, what am I going to do every day to make this worth it in case I'm not hanging around? You suddenly start talking to people differently. How would you talk to people if you thought you would never see them again? You'd probably tell them you love them, Bonnie, wouldn't you? You'd probably say, 
thank you. I love you. And thanks for, you know, you've just been amazing in my life. You'd say all the things you've been meaning to say and perhaps you've never said in your life. I would encourage everyone to have a think about acting in life as if you haven't got that much time left and, and be grateful, be loving, be kind to everyone around you and do the very best you can. Because it's true, we aren't here for a very long time. Even if we live for another 80 years, that's still not a very long time. You know how quickly time goes by. So it does sharpen the mind of how to live life. And how lovely would it be if everybody was kind? Oh, and why not? You know, it doesn't cost anything. It's not like I have to give you 500 pounds every time I'm kind. It's a kindness is free, is freely available and does good work out there you know if you're kind to someone it comes back to you for a start if you're going to look at it that way not why we're kind but it does it comes back to you like a boomerang um, when you're kind to people kindness is infectious and it's a lovely thing and children need to understand it and yeah young people everyone needs to understand the power of kindness yeah no absolutely and and again you know just kind of telling telling people that you love them and all of that type of thing I remember um I don't know whether it was last night the night before my my eldest son he's he's a funny one anyway and uh he just walked in he'd said something I was drawing away and um and he said oh um night mum, love you and it's not something that he normally says I think it was a bit tongue-in-cheek and then off he went kind of and I was like oh I love you too and he was like what what and I was like <laughs> I said, I love you too. He said, oh. He said, I thought you said, what's the matter with you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Funny, but, you know, it's funny, isn't it, how we get used to saying things and get used to not saying things. Yeah, yeah. We, You know, I, I play this game where sometimes I go into a shop. If something comes up that I can be glad about or or say oh, I love this I, I've got a little local shop and they have fresh bread in every day and they're very sweet and they have like four vegetable items <clears throat> not a lot of choice but it's all beautiful and it's grown by the farmer who lives up the road and I always make a point of telling them oh these I love these tomatoes you know they're so brilliant and I really enjoy making my lunch with those and just giving someone a bit of kindness, giving someone a bit of nice feedback. And now when I walk in, their little faces light up. So I'm having an effect on their physiology. They feel better when they see me because they know that I'm not going to complain about the fact there are no bananas in today. I'm going to tell them how good their tomatoes are, for example. This is a, a kind of just a way of living where you're spreading nice vibes to people and and you feel better they feel better and it has this ricochet effect so I'm on a mission with that (laughs) it you know it it really is it really is it's it's I mean everything I do I try to do from uh, you know a place of kindness or positive I mean I'm you know positivity is something that I, I really believe in there are times where it can be really quite hard to be positive. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, many days, you know, it's tough times, particularly right now. People are going through a lot of anxiety, fear, overwhelm. There's a lot going on that we don't know about. Uh, people have had a rough couple of years, very rough indeed. And uh, it's, it can be very tough. However, I would say to people, don't hang out in that tough area. Learn how to see what is good. And there's always something good in, in someone's life. And, and people go, well, you know, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, 
okay, but now I've got a bigger story. Now I, because I've been through brain cancer and close to death and, and had all that really tough treatment, I've kind of got more of a, a, of a ticket to be able to say, you know, whatever you're going through, find the, the good stuff, find what is making your heart sing. And I think, we, you know, it's our duty as humans to, to try and live a life that is pleasurable and nice as much as we can. And of course, there are going to be bumps in the ground. And that's where we learn really important stuff. When you, that people say to me, I'm so sorry you had to go through all that. And so, and, and my honest feeling about it is that was such a great learning experience for me. It's changed my view of the world in a really good way. It's made me a much better person. And I'm really grateful now for many things in my life. And it's improved things. So going through that hard challenge of cancer has in many ways given me a stronger bedrock for living. And and I can bless that event. Now I'm out the other side. And I'm also not afraid of death. You know, I came back, by the way, with no fear and I'm not afraid of dying. So that's a very nice feeling because I'm not getting phased or upset about things. I've learned how to keep my emotions strong, whatever the weather out there and, and try and be just be a good person. Appreciate your life. It's a very precious thing. life, And we have to really take a little bit of time and go, you know what? I'm just grateful. Gratitude is, is an amazingly strong emotion. Mm. It is. Oh, um, yeah. Amazing. So you're in Ibiza. Yes. What, what make, you haven't always been in Ibiza. You've lived in London. And- yeah. I had a PR agency in London for a number of years. I, I sort of went to MTV and I did press for a lot of pop stars and Robbie Williams and George Michael and stuff. And I had so much fun. And then I set up my own PR agency in London. That's still going now, 25 years later. And I was lucky enough, you know, I looked after people like Michael Jackson and Madonna and organized a lot of big music events. And I always got on really well with music stars and the artists because I don't care who you are, you're a person to me. And I always behaved that way. You know, I was always just normal with people. And these big stars don't normally have that. They have a lot of yes people and they don't know who their friends are. <clears throat> anyway, I got on really well with artists. So I, I, I carved out a career looking after celebrities and artists and musicians and actors and things like this. So I had a company in London. So I was living there. Very fast life. It looked incredibly glamorous, Bonnie. You know, I was always on a flight going somewhere. I was always going off to some massive party or hanging out with these amazing people in Hollywood. But and then I'd come home and I felt quite lonely. I was getting to that stage where I thought, you know, holding down a relationship was tricky and that I must remember to have a family and must remember to slow down and, and enjoy this and, and make this life, you know, what I want it to be. So I, I kind of opted out of that lifestyle and I, I decided I had to make a radical change from London and this fast show busy lifestyle. And I, I came to hit the island on holiday with a friend and I was sitting on a rock one day and I, I was just thinking, I want I want this life. I, I want peace and quiet, and I want to get away from this buzz of the city. So um, I made some plans, and I just gave everything up. It was very courageous, actually. I, I gave everything up, just me and my son, and we came with two bags, no plan, and just everything in two bags each. 
and, and made our life here and it, it worked from day one it, I loved it and I, I what I like about it is I like living in the sunshine and I like I like this way of life uh out of the city I like slow you know got really good friends here it's a different kind of living and I've seen both sides of the of the coin and so I've lived quite radically different lives one full-on busy CEO of a big company da 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 with music stars everywhere. And then this one living in a farm in a quiet space, growing vegetables. It's really nice. I love it. <laughs> well, I think I know which one I prefer anyway. Yeah. <laughs> always- I, I needed the perspective. You know, I always thought, oh, I want to do something big with my life. I want to be someone. And, so, and and when I got that, I thought, this isn't it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? You know, and you kind of go through life and and one of the things that people or that I hear an awful lot from from people in my sort of community is gosh I wish I'd found this earlier I wish I'd done this mm-hmm. earlier and you know actually I don't I don't think we should wish our our lives away like that I think we have to do whatever it is that we have to do and we're supposed to do and I and I really do believe we are in wherever we are at the moment is where we're supposed to be yeah Absolutely. Yeah, you I love it. There's a, a restaurant here that we drive by. It has a sign saying, you are exactly where you're meant to be. <laughs> and that is so true. You, you know, don't waste your time away and don't wish you were somewhere else because you are where you are. And in many ways, your life is perfectly designed, you know, for however it whatever the big master plan is, we don't know. Well, I don't know. There is a design to life where we bump into people, coincidences happen. We meet all sorts of people through our lives. And I I believe that everyone we meet, there is meaning behind that. You know, everyone you meet. So I always look for that. I always ask people a lot of questions, find out about them. I'm I'm curious about other people and find out what why why you're bumping into them, why you're meeting them. What what is it that you have to exchange with each other, for example? And when you look at life like that, it gets really interesting. Down to the level of, you know, people you bump into in the day randomly. Just there is no coincidence. So that makes it fun. And I think we're meant to be here to have fun, enjoy life and uh, sort of honour it, really. And I think art and art, you know, I'm a big fan of creativity and art in life because I think that taps into this special flow that we have which is beyond the day-to-day beyond the material there is something magical about this when you pick up your pencil or you pick up your brush or if you're a dancer you start dancing or if you're a musician you pick up your instrument whatever is happening here is magical and brilliant so I'm I'm fascinated by this area of art and creativity and the people who do it you know I've never met a boring artist in my life no and it's and it's about kind of digging into who they are isn't it because you know a lot of people think I mean I would I would say I'm 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 not a particularly interesting person at all I'm just a normal you know whatever just sitting here doing my thing and I don't have I don't have particularly strong views on anything really but then when you get talking and, you know, if you've got somebody who can pull, pull stuff out of you, then actually, you know, even an ordinary person like me can be really interesting and have a really interesting backstory about, you know, what's happened in their life and their feelings and all of this type of stuff. And it's, um, 
I guess it's this two-way thing. You know, I might be sitting here thinking I'm completely ordinary and then we have a conversation and all of this stuff comes out because, you know, you're extraordinary about being able to extract stuff from people. Um, well, I want to say a couple of things here, Bonnie. One is there is no, no one is ordinary for a start in my bag. None of us are. You, you ask anyone, yourself included, extraordinary backstory. No one would even dream that there was a backstory like this. So we all have this compartmentalized somehow behind us, uh, which we carry on a, often on a, on a load behind and we, we hide it, it's on our back sometimes. But none of us are ordinary. We've all had extraordinary stories. I talked to my mum when she was alive about her days in the war, what it was like being in a bunker with planes coming by, bombs dropping, ration books, not knowing if your family, if the boys were going to come back from war, all these sorts of things, extraordinary lives. And us, we have a di- in this moment in history, we have a different kind of pressure. Um, we don't have wars. We have other things to give us pressure. But um, everyone has extraordinary stories. And I have never met an ordinary person. And you, Bonnie, are certainly are not an ordinary person. So if I was coaching you right now, I'd say, Bonnie, <laughs> No, enough of the ordinary. There's nothing ordinary about any of us. And I think that is part of it. Let's celebrate. And celebration is a brilliant thing. Celebrate the wins. Celebrate how you are. Celebrate the little tiny things. And most importantly, celebrate yourself and your life. Really important. Yeah, it is. It is. And and I know that we've had a a few sessions about this because I, I find it really, really difficult to celebrate stuff. You know, I'll have sort of like a a few big things happen and and it's all like, yay, right on to the next. (laughs) On to the next, yeah. Big big sort of, big big milestones. You know, you've written a book, Bonnie, and and that's like, wow. And we need to just spend a moment going, that's incredible, actually. You know, if you were a little, going back to a little girl swinging your legs on the chair in the classroom, and and like, let me put it in my terms, for me, I was always told in the classroom that I was rubbish at writing and I was asked not to take the English exam at school because I would definitely pull the grades down and they wanted the grades to be, you know, decent across the, the year. So I was told, you know, that, that English was not my thing. And here I am, published author of four books. So don't believe what people tell you. But also when you when I was a little girl, if I was and my, I remembered this this week. My grandmother, when I was in her house, I went up the top of the stairs and there was these big bookcases with loads of old, old books. And I would spend hours as a little girl putting the books off the bookshelf, smelling them, seeing them, looking at the pages, feeling the pages. I had no clue. Well, obviously, my some part of me knew that I would end up being a writer. But as a little girl, I remember I enjoyed so much reading and looking at books and we didn't really have books in my home my grandma had books so I enjoyed that and it's interesting that that became this has become a big part of my life books you know I I care about books I read books I write books and that is what I do now you know writing so we kind of don't know the things that are going to excite us and take us on our path and sometimes we don't find out till really old uh, till we're really old. I'm thinking of, um, I met Louise Hay, who who um, created Hay House, the publishing company. And she did this in her 50s. 
<laughs> she didn't start it till then. And now it's, I mean, she's passed, bless her. But um, many people have not started their careers till really late. And suddenly something happens and they they find their they find their thing and start doing it. You, you don't have to find your thing when you're in your teens or your 20s. You can find it anytime. And some people wait quite a long time before they find out really what is their niche. And as long as we find it at some point, it doesn't matter when we find it. No, gosh. Yeah, they are, you, you know, and and I guess it's that that's very similar to, to me, I suspect, you know, not having sort of found out until my sort of late 40s. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So, you know, I didn't... Um, I mean, I drew at school and all of that type of thing. And mm. I was a, a failed, a failed art student. <laughs> I wanted to go to, I wanted to go and do um, a degree in, mm. in art, but I, but I wasn't good enough. I, I was told I wasn't good enough and I wasn't, didn't get in anywhere. So at 17, I just yeah. went to full-time work. And, uh, you know, I look back on that and I think, well, thank, thank goodness. Thank goodness I didn't do that because I could have yeah. come out, I don't know, completely differently. And yeah you know, trod a completely different life. But, yeah. you know, everything that I learned then from the age of 17, I went into an advertising agency and learned paste up. So the the old art of paste up, oh. where you actually, oh God, it was like an old bus. I had to do the typesetting on this old thing where it was all, the 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 type was on a, like a belt that spun round next to you. And you had to type all these codes in and then you just get a long strip of type. And then you had to take that and paste it in to make all it. Oh, yeah. So all of that memories and learning how to do stuff obviously has brought me to where I am now. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, it's it's yeah. Life is amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. And, and I'm writing my memoir at the moment. So I'm having to think back to my life. And as I'm writing this, this memoir and this autobiography, if you, if you will, it, I'm touching into old memories I haven't thought about for years. And I'm realizing I, so like almost every day, I'm like, oh my goodness, that is kind of why that happened. And that led me to meet this person, which led me to do this. And there is a, a beautiful design to how things unfold. It's just that most of the time we're so absorbed with the day-to-day hassles and things that we don't even notice. But actually when you zoom out, and have a look, maybe one day do some journaling, right? I'm a big fan of journaling gets us to put down stuff on paper with words and and it allows us to make sense of of life. And you can actually see how things all work together. Whereas when you're just busy living life every day, you don't see that, but there is a magic to it. There is a, a beautiful harmony and mathematics to how everything all fits together. And I can see now how certain jobs I had. I had many jobs when I was younger. For example, when I was 16, I went to the job centre, as they had then. And uh, they said, yeah, we've got one in a hospital. It's an art therapist. I went, ah, I can't do art. I've been told I'm no good at art. They said, you don't really need, you know, you just let other people do the art and you're just helping. It's an assistant. I went, okay, good. So I did this art therapy job in the psychiatric unit of a hospital. <laughs> and I tell you, Bonnie, I draw, I've drawn so many stories out of that job. Like in my creativity book, for example, I've put some stuff in there about it. 
that one little job over the summer when I was 16 informed a lot of my knowledge now about artistry, creativity, and how that can heal you. I've written a lot about the healing nature of creativity. It's very healing. And uh, I began that with my 16-year-old self in a psychiatric unit, seeing people who were completely bonkers pick up a pen, start drawing, and losing themselves in it and, and feeling great. And, and when the art class finished, they'd go back to being their psychotic selves. And I saw then and joined the dots on, wow, creativity has a powerful part to play when we are losing it or we have troubles in life. People can pick up a pen, pick up a paintbrush and find some solace there. And we know there are so many people who are able to do that. And so that little job gave me that insight. How interesting that was to me. Yeah, that yes, that's amazing. And I know that's I know that's the case because being a being an artist, sadly, I don't I don't do art every day, and I wish I could, um, or all day, uh, should I say? And I know that when I when I want to calm down, or I've, I'm kind of in a place where I'm a little bit sort of maybe a bit stressed or anxious or whatever, I know that sitting down and drawing will just completely take me away and you know I, I will I will it's like with my art classes that I that I I hold I'll I'll maybe start on a Tuesday morning and I'll wake up I might feel a bit grumpy the dogs might do something that I'm not supposed to do or blow, you know whatever and I go into my art class thinking oh gosh actually maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to cancel because I just yes. don't feel right as soon as that pencil hits the paper I'm a different person it, yeah. it's amazing it's absolutely how lovely that is I have the same feeling when I'm writing you know, time goes by, suddenly it's the afternoon. I didn't realize, where did it, what happened there? You know, time just, time doesn't exist. And this is the state of flow that we're talking about. When you get into the state of flow, time doesn't exist. We sink into really deeply into that process of whatever we're doing when we get into flow. For me, it's writing. And I'm in my happy place. So to identify that and be clear about that, it's a wonderful thing. And to know I'm the same, if I'm feeling grumpy or a bit disheveled by life, I come and start writing and it takes me off, it transports me and it will instantly shift my mood in a really good way. So I think we're very lucky as artists and writers and things to to have that available to us because many people have had to bypass that, probably because of schooling. School really hammers out a lot of art capability did for me you know in art classes I dreaded them because I was the worst one and I was you know it was very clear I was the worst one in art and that was didn't make me feel good and yet I had to go through all that process of sitting next to people who are producing amazing work wow look at this look at what Sarah's done it's amazing I'm like oh yeah okay it's amazing and it caused a lot of pain and disruption inside so you know that to be able to find your thing that takes you away with the fairies, let's say, it's just joyous and beautiful. Uh, and so we're very lucky to have art in our lives. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's one, one question that I've been asking everybody, and I'd be really, really, I'm really interested actually to hear what you're going to say, because I think it's going to be amazing. Um, when it comes to confidence, mm-hmm. what's your number one tip? Yeah, confidence. Okay. Confidence is is a state of mind. 
And the best way, I mean, I, I've learned many techniques for confidence over the years. And NLP is really good for building confidence. And one of the techniques is you remember a time remember a time when you felt really confident. Could be a tiny little memory. Could be when you were showing something you were very proud of, or you felt, you remember you felt confident then, you were confident to talk or confident to do, confident to draw, whatever. Remember that time, close your eyes, play it in your mind, slow it down, and directly remember the feelings you felt. How did you feel when you were in that state of confidence? Remember those feelings, connect with those feelings, go back into those feelings and really expand those feelings. Just spend time with your awareness on those feelings of when you felt confident. Everyone has experienced it. We've all experienced anger, sadness, grief, happiness, bliss, excitement, confidence. These are all things we understand as humans we have Experience. I can pretty much guarantee everyone listening will have experienced a range of emotions, including confident. So you go back in, you replay the memory, and you put it in your mind's eye that time when you felt really confident, and you you expand it. Imagine it. You visualize it expanding and going all through your body. And I guarantee you that you will, when you do this technique, come away feeling so much stronger and grounded and confident in what you're doing. It's an amazing technique, so give it a try. It's an NLP technique and it's powerful. Yeah. I recommend to do that. I can confirm that it does work. Yeah. There you go. There <laughs> it, you go. Is, it is. It's fantastic. And, and I know we've done some bits and pieces around that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, yeah, confidence hasn't been something that I've always had. And I know that when I started using coaching and learning more about coaching, it increased an awful lot more because of these techniques that I learned. Yeah, I really like that. And I think that's something. It's a really good one. So if I'm doing a big talk to a big audience, I mean, I'm a pretty confident person. I don't get, I, I like big audiences. I like doing that. So I'm in my happy space there anyway. But if I was feeling nervous for some reason, say I didn't know my content, content very well, I would center myself stand have a look at everything breathe is really good breathing because when you breathe and you bring more oxygen into the body it calms the nervous system down and you can have a direct control over your nervous system that way so you calm yourself down with centering standing firmly rooted go outside with your shoes off for example get grounded walk on some grass that's really good come back center yourself and if I was speaking to a large group and felt any sense of, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, saying here, I would then breathe, get calm, and just allow the body to calm itself. When you ask the body to just slow down, calm, breathe, and feel a sense of who you are in that space, it, it can make you just change your whole approach you just need to take a little bit of time and reset it's like setting the thermometer on an oven until you turn the dial and put it on that number it doesn't know to go there so just allow yourself to reset your dial and go into calm and then begin what it is you're going to begin and 
keep in that state of remembering when you felt really confident and really strong. I love that. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much, Susie. Um, I mean, it's always a always a, a pleasure to talk to you anyway. You you um we chat every sort of couple of weeks and it I oh do you know, I just um so look forward to our session. So thank you so much for sharing so much of your amazingness. And um we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Bonnie. I've loved our chat. I love talking about creativity and being a human it's so much fun so thank you so much and thank you for all that you do I'm I'm always very inspired by your work and your talent which is extraordinary so thanks for having me on today Bonnie oh my pleasure thank you take care (laughs) I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my it's a Bonnie old life podcast if you did I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.